Welcome back to another episode of FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. I'm Craig Haley, along with co-host Gary Reasons, the Hall of Famer down in Texas. Gary, how you doing? Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Craig. Uh, I'm actually doing great. This has been a great week, and last week was a whirlwind. Um, you know, as you know, we probably we did our podcast and, and we took a little bit of a little different turn. We actually went up to, to Montana State and we presented an award to their quarterback, Tommy Maloth, the Doris Robinson Award. And it was fun. Seth, Seth uh, Biley joined with me, who's producing this show for us. We had a great time in Bozeman. It's, it's a wonderful town, wonderful community for Montana State. And uh, good news is Tommy's going to join us at the FCS National Award Show in January in just a few weeks. So. It's been a great week, and uh, you know we've still got some more football to go here on the FCS level. We've got uh, we do know who's going into the national championship game, and we'll we'll talk about that soon. Well, Gary, you you've been on a whirlwind. Thirteen on campus visits this year, Montana State being the, the latest one. As a reward, we're gonna put your next visit in your backyard in Frisco, Texas. The national championship game, of course, it's Montana versus uh, South Dakota State. Gary, what do, what do you think of this matchup going into the game? Uh, I tell you, Craig, it looks like this season kind of came together the way it's supposed to. Uh, South Dakota State, obviously, coming off their national championship uh, win from a year ago, most people uh, in our in our group had them as their number one team in the country, and I did, you did, I know, and they they fulfilled that. It's not, it's not easy to run the table in the FCS, especially with you've got a big bullseye in your chest because everybody knows that you're, you're going to you have a very talented team. You're going to bring your best every game. And so you get the best from every opponent, and it's tough. So my congratulations to South Dakota State. They have had a great season, uh, albeit they, you know, they made a coaching change, and, and uh, Coach Rogers has just fit right on in. It's not been a problem at all. So, uh, but they have played. They've played some very competitive games. And uh, congratulations for them to be in the position that they're at. And then the number two team that kind of climbed up there, Craig, is, is, is you know, um, to that n number two level, uh, Montana. It is a, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful game because Montana and South Dakota State, there's a lot of similarities be between both teams. And this is going to be one more slugfest, I think, that uh, for this championship. And I'm looking forward to it. Well, before we go back and look at how South Dakota State and, and Montana, you know, have set up this championship matchup, I had a question for you, Gary. They say X marks the spot. Well, earlier this week on X, formerly Twitter, I stumbled across a video from, from your golden days with the New York Giants, and you kicked an uh -oh. extra point. Uh, you kicked an extra point. You later, I saw you did a kickoff. It was a preseason game, but how did this come about, Gary? Well, it's interesting. You know, when I was in high school, I did all of our punting, all of our kicking uh, in high school. And then when I went into college, I actually uh, became our kickoff uh, specialist. I was actually a defender running down the field after I kicked the ball with a square-toed shoe on uh, in my first, uh, on my first play on, on defense. And so I would go down and oftentimes I'd be in on the tackle in college and then I'd race to the sideline, change my shoe out, and hopefully I could get out there for the first play. I might miss one play uh, for the very first play, but it didn't, you know, it really didn't matter to me. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I punted and kicked in high school, then I kicked in college. 
And so I carried that with me into the National Football League. And uh, I know that Parcells, Bill Parcells, really uh, enjoyed uh, having a guy who has who has been experienced in college and being able to be a backup and kicker in the NFL. And uh, Craig, you saw some great vintage footage of me kicking an extra point, kind of just a little torpedo kick there for a, for a PAT with the square-toed shoe on. Uh, and uh, it was fun. Then I got to kick off. And, you know, I did that a few times throughout the NFL and throughout my days in the NFL as, as, our, as our kickers get dinged, you know, you know, sometimes they have a sore leg or what have you, but it's good to have a little backup plan. I carried that square-toed shoe to every NFL game for nine years in my in the National Football League. So I was our backup kicker, uh, and and I have that uh, that, that shoe somewhere, um, a little bit of a memorabilia keepsake for me to to remind me of just how that that what that time was like. That was a you know that was a that was a thing back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and even into the 90s, a little bit in the 90s of where we had uh, uh, straight-on, square-toed shoes for kickers to elevate that ball. And nowadays, it's all soccer-style kicking, as you know, and uh, I think we're going to leave it at that. We don't need to have those square-toed shoes going out there anymore. So that was fun and great to see. Well, if you have any extra eligibility left, I'm going to look for number 55, on either roster in, uh, at Toyota Stadium on January 7th, just to see if that's you being uh, snuck into the game. But what a, what a championship game we have. January 7th, uh, it, it'll be on ABC, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's only the eighth time, Gary, that it's the number one seed, which is South Dakota State, versus the number two seed, uh, which is Montana. It's also only the eighth time in FCS history where the number one and two ranked teams are playing from, from, from the polls. Uh, as we look back, I mean, Montana got here with, with just one of the best games of the playoffs. They beat North Dakota State in double overtime, 31-29. Uh, uh, Both teams scored twice, and then uh, North Dakota State was denied the two-point attempt to try and tie it up. Corbin Walker with the interception for Montana in the back, back of the end zone. What, what, were, what were some of your takeaways from this thrilling Montana game in, in front of a packed house at Washington Grizz? It, it was just that. It was thrilling. It was fun. It was tough. It, it was everything that it was delivered and supposed to be. And that's, I think that is a microcosm of what we're going to probably get in the, the national championship game. But for North Dakota State um, and have the, the slow start to the season, which they did, and then build, build, build to a very, very quality football team and really hit their best stride late in the season into the playoffs. And then you have the South Dakota State ran the table, which is very difficult to get to that, continue that number one seed and, and then all have, have a chance to play. Uh, what an environment what, for, for college football and what, a, and what a game, what a show. It was fun. It was entertaining. And it was something that uh, I, I think that, <coughs> excuse me, is just going to go on for a, a long time just to see how physical and tough and the competitiveness at the FCS level. If you want to pull out, uh, any of these playoff games here that we've had recently with North Dakota State, uh, specifically in those late-in games, that's uh, it's a it's a good marker for how quality of football that that uh, we we have at the FCS level. And this is this is the just one of those matchups that was that was tremendous. You know, I went up to Montana last week and really kind of had had to whisper around when I when I talk about things because I didn't I didn't really want to talk about Montana at all while I was at Montana State and I didn't I didn't I, did, I didn't I didn't do that at all because uh, those guys are still kind of licking their wounds a little bit because they had uh, 
you know, lost to the Bison uh, a couple weeks prior. But uh, it was a it was an environment. It was a great week for uh, the semi the final semifinals, and now we get to the to the finals and the FCS national championship game with these two teams. It was great. Well, really, maybe the star of the playoffs has been uh, Junior Bergen, the uh, wide receiver and punt kickoff returner for, for the Grizz. He scored three touchdowns on, on returns in the last two weeks. Um, and he had that two-point pass that was the difference maker uh, that won, you know, make it 31-23 at the time. And then the Grizz held on. Uh, he threw the pass to Keelan White uh, for those two points. He's just been a breakout star. You know, it, it's going to be a tremendous, you know, uh, championship game. You know, obviously the, the Jackrabbits have to account for Ju Junior Bergen, maybe punt away from him. This is the eighth time the Grizz have made it to, to the national championship game. It's the first time since 2009 when they did it during Bobby Houck's first stint as head coach. Uh, this was the fourth overtime game in, 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 of, of this playoff. That's a new record for, for one particular playoff, uh, Gary. Let me ask you about the, this with the Grizz. Last year going into the season, 2022 season, they were number three in, in the stats perform FCS top 25 preseason poll. And they were pretty much number three all across the board, wherever you look. They wound up going eight and five, losing in the second round of the playoffs to the Bison. They come back this year, they were the number six pick in the Big Sky Coaches poll, preseason poll. They had lost a ton from their defense. And here they are. 13-1 in the national championship game. How does that happen after you lose the team that you expected to be even better? Well, I think it comes down to some of the personnel. You mentioned losing some guys on defense. And, and really, when coaches look at the different rosters and all the different things, you know, they, they can tell what, what it needs to be replaced on every team. You know, that's what happens when you play in a particular conference and you have a set of, of, of teams that you look at. So uh, the the – just the makeup of the team, Craig, is probably why they fell down just a little bit. But I think that, you know, it didn't take too long. They, they continually move forward, as I talked about earlier, in the polls. And I think that they're right where they need to be. And, and, and it's very good, very, very strong, very tough football that they play. And I think that that is just something that, that has developed. And uh, I, I don't think that they uh, – it gave them actually a little bit of fuel, if you would uh, think of it that way, Craig. Um, put kind of like a chip on their shoulder, so to speak, that, hey, most people don't think of us except for, you know, sixth in the Big Sky Conference in the poll initially. Uh, that probably didn't sit real well with, with them, and I think that might, might have, like I said, gave them a little fuel to kind of get things moving. And, hey, they just kept knocking things off, knocking things off as far as wins and losses throughout the season. And it was a great run, and, it, and it's, been a, it's been a great season for, for the Grizz. And, and you take a look at, at uh, uh, this game upcoming, I think that, uh, you know, they're not done yet. It's, it's still competitive. And uh, this is going to be a number one, number two game that uh, I think could go either way, really can. Well, as they reworked the roster, obviously Clifton McDowell coming in as a transfer has been a huge uh, difference behind center. I mean, he's 10 and 0 since becoming the starting quarterback. So yes. And I like your point about the chip on the shoulder because the Grizz just aren't used to something like a, a six number six preseason prediction, and that's what they were in the, the Big Sky coaches poll. Now, North Dakota State, obviously, it looks like their FCS dynasty is over here. Um, two straight years of not winning the national title. They've changed coaches, obviously. Matt Entz is leaving for – or has left now for an assistance position at USC. Tim Polasek has come back, former 
uh, coach on, on staff there. He's now back, uh, new head coach, fourth head coach since 2013 when you go back to, to Craig Bowl. What, what do you think about the, the, the Bison moving forward, at least to have consistency with the former head, uh, former assistant coach taking over? Yeah, with the athletic directors and, and the folks who are at the administration level, I think they're trying to maintain consistency of approach. And by bringing along both Coach Ants as well as, uh, as Tim Polisek, that they, they'll, be, they'll, they'll be bringing along the consistent program that, the, uh, that they have had it at North Dakota, North Dakota State for year after year after year. They're not going to change. They're not going to deviate. They're not going to bring in someone who's going to change the, the makeup or the culture there. They know what it takes to win. They know what it takes to uh, have an expectation to set forth for their team and their players. And I think that by, by getting Tim in there, they're going to continue that same type of, of a structure. Um, you know, there's things in football that are that are really critical. And I think building a foundation or a structure of approach is paramount to having success. Then you can add on the little the little pieces of different players and their styles and coaches and coaching styles and schemes. But the foundation of who you are and what you do, if you can build that and it's been built by the previous coaching staff and the legacy that North Dakota State football is, you don't want to change that whatsoever. So I think that having someone hired that is a familiar with the program, been a part of the program, and really can bring some some unique energy to the back to the program in their own way is uh, is very positive there. So I do not know Tim personally, but uh, hopefully get to meet him soon, sometime this season perhaps, and uh, look forward to uh, seeing how well he he prepares the Bison to move forward next season. Well, Montana is going to be obviously taking on the number one seed, South Dakota State, 14-0, the defending national champions who are on a 28-game winning streak, the, long, the third longest in FCS history. They just walloped uh, UAlbany 59 to nothing in a semifinal. It was the largest shutout in, in playoff history, FCS playoff history, uh, surpassed uh, Marshall had beaten Furman 54 to nothing back in 96. It was also the second largest uh, margin of victory in the playoffs, 59 points. Uh, Montana, believe it or not, is the other one who holds the record in, in 96. They beat uh, Troy by 63, 70-7. You had to be impressed with the Jackrabbits, Gary. Yeah, everything was working. Uh, it just it just turned out that way, that it just, just was not going to be Albany's game. There was no, <laughs> no way for that to happen in this one. They were leaving no stone unturned. Uh, you know, Albany took the long trip out there, and it, it just really wasn't going to be their day. But uh, congratulations to uh, Coach Gattuso and his team because they they really they 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 succeeded with what they they needed to do. They won that first ever CAA championship outright, and that's that's tremendous in its own right. And then had their made their way through the playoffs and into uh, that semifinal match, and I think that is a going to be something that they can carry into all of their recruiting and all of their different preparations for their program and continue to build on the structure that Coach Cattuso has laid there at Albany. I think that that's very, very positive. And obviously for South Dakota State, we've talked about them. Um, they're just continuing to roll. And you, know, you see all, all the different numbers that, uh, that they put up in that ball game. All of those things were, were great. Uh, and it was a, just, just a fun thing to kind of see them succeed in, in their way. And uh, congratulations to really both teams. I know South Dakota State on to the national championship, and then uh, U Albany for a tremendous season. 
And uh, I, I just love my, my great Danes. Go Danes. <laughs> well, Mark Kronowski behind center is just, I mean, he had his, his best game of the playoffs uh, in the semi in the semifinal. And, and he, he just has NFL talent surrounding him. So they're going to be tough to beat. But, you know, the Jackrabbits, they were just unstoppable that night. How did, how did the Jack, Jackrabbits not leave their best game back in Brookings in the semifinals? and come out fire, you know, come out firing in the championship game? Well, I think that what they had really was uh, they, they were a bit overmatched uh, against you, Albany. Let's just say this, that. But they, they, they continue to do things. You put up the numbers and you, you talk about all those different things, Craig, with who they have there, Gronowski, Davis. They can, they can run those guys out there. Defense played well. You know, you got a bunch of turnovers for us. All those different things is what you would expect from a, a quality football team. You know, we're going to talk about this here, this, this delay. Now, now it's going to be a little bit of time now. We're going to have 22, 23 day, game, days between the national championship. How do you prepare your team? How do you, uh, how do you take time off? How do you get healed up? What does it look like there? So I know that that's going to be something that is going to be an issue with uh, uh, both teams going into this game. So when you look at South Dakota State, you know, it's, it's uh, something they did a year ago in North Dakota. You know they they have a opportunity to 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 to, to get there and compete. So both teams, Jackrabbits, Grizz, they're you know going to be a little bit of a, a time here as for how to figure out how to approach this thing this thing the best. And I think that a lot, most of these coaches have had uh, uh, FBS football bowl subdivision experience in some level or some relationships that they can have. And that is what they can do is talk to some of those staffs of how do you approach going into uh, the, the time off between a, a ball game. And that's what I would uh, look at it as because this is a, an extended period of time and how do you handle the time off with your players and how do you deal with that on a, um, to be best prepared. So I'm sure that both these coaching staffs are gonna be able to talk with others about how they approach that, some that are familiar, that they're familiar with in the FBS level and get some kind of a game plan moving forward and, I'm, and it's underway already. They've already made those decisions because, you know, how do you, how do you prepare? What do you plan? So, and one thing that I'm sure that, that these, these, both these teams are very well uh, versed in is that is make a plan, get the structure, put it in place, and we're going to march to this and, and likely not deviate whatsoever from what our approach is prior to, to the game. And that way they're going to build their team and get them the most ready. And that way they'll be the most competitive and, and Craig, I don't think we're going to see any drop off at all in either of these teams in, in the playoffs here in the national championship game, because it, it's one of those times, types of, uh, of games that everything is going to be left on the line. And uh, I think we're going to see that from both teams. Yeah, I remember the early years of, of the Bison going to Frisco, even Casey Keeler talking to him, um, Sam Hughes, I mean, and he was at Delaware when they went to Frisco. I mean, they, the coaches do reach out across their network to, to find out, you know, like a bowl-like experience, like that long layoff. At least for the Jackrabbits, they experienced it last year, uh, three weeks leading into Frisco. You know, when they played in the spring championship game in, in 2021, it, it literally was just a week later from the semifinals. But they did experience last year. The Grizz, it's all new to them. Obviously, Bobby Houck uh, knows so many coaches, and he can call on Matt Entz. And and uh, Matt Ance's former staff at 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 the 
uh, North Dakota State just to find out that dynamic of, of the buildup. It's going to be a terrific game, January 7th in Frisco, Texas, 2 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Gary, we're going to take a quick break from FCS Delivered, uh, presented by FedEx Ground, and we will be back with our second and final segment. Rehearsals for the school play were really coming along. Bigger smile, Mr. Squirrel. Until a custodian accidentally threw away the costumes. Oh no. Everyone was rattled. Miss Garrity forgot how to play. And the queen of the hedgehogs almost quit. Find a new queen. But replacement costumes were shipped with FedEx. And with added peace of mind from picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. Craig Haley, along with Gary Reasons. Gary, we've been talking some terrific conversation on the national championship game. What a matchup, of course, with South Dakota State and Montana. But there was another champion crown this past weekend. It was the Celebration Bowl with Florida A&M defeating Howard 30-26 to down in uh, Atlanta. Just the second time in, in eight Celebration Bowls that the SWAC has emerged victorious. And it was a wild game where over half the points were scored in the fourth quarter that Rattlers emerging. Your team, you love the Rattlers name. Tell us about that game. Well, it was a fun ball game. And, and, and uh, Florida A&M, you know, we, we all, I think, kind of picked them in there. I actually went to go and visit Howard, so have a little familiarity with that program. Uh, this season, and the congratulations to them to get to the MEAC, uh, to win the MEAC and get into the Celebration Bowl. So that was that was fun. That was uh, that was interesting to see how how that all came about between Florida A and M and Howard, both of them entrance into the game. Uh, but you know, this is one that that took it into the the fourth quarter. You really didn't know there was a lot of scoring, a lot of activities. He's talked about Craig going in there and. Uh, I credit the the Rattlers because they uh, they they got it at the end, and it and it really turned out that uh, uh, I think they were pretty much the most dominant team, um, you know, and in that level to be able to to bring that throughout the the rest of the season. So congratulations to them, and really also to Howard for their season and how they how they got to that to that game as well. Well, I mean, not you know, not only were those you know all, all those points scored in the fourth quarter, but the way it ended was Howard went ahead 26-24 on a pick six, Carson Hinton, and then the Rattlers an answer on their next possession with a flea flicker touchdown, Jeremy Musa throwing one downfield to Jamari Sharid. Uh, just a great wild game. You know, we've, we've really come to see that in the Celebration Bowl uh, coming down to the end, so that was terrific. Now, obviously, Florida A&M is, is the HBCU national champion um, they were number 10 going into the postseason in our uh, Stats Perform FCS Top 25. Uh, they won the SWAC championship game. Now they've won the Celebration Bowl. My question for you, Gary, is where does the SWAC or MEAC champions fit in to the overall picture? Obviously, it takes an at-large bid now for them to get to the, the FCS playoffs because uh, you know, the winners of each conference play in the Celebration Bowl. This year we saw North, North Carolina Central get an, uh, an at-large bid. But neither conference has had a, a great history uh, in the FCS playoffs. 
the MIAC has done a little better. SWAC is actually still looking for its first win ever when they have teams in the FCS playoffs. Tell us the barometer of, of where those teams fit in on a national picture. Yeah, really, I think that the, when you look at these, these teams that are playing, first of all, in season, regular season, you know, that's going to be an indicator of what are teams that are predominantly HBCU teams playing against uh, traditional FCS teams that may be in a different, different conference. You know, that barometer is one measuring stick, and that would be in season, and because we just don't have the, the ability to take potentially sometimes the, the champion at the HBCU level because they're playing and they're committing to the Celebration Bowl, and, you know, that's, that's what they've done. Uh, so oftentimes, you know, you're not going to get the, the top teams getting, and at large bid at least, to an FCS uh, uh, playoff. And although the North Carolina Central had a tremendous season this year. So I think that there needs to be more of a body of work between um, the HBCU schools and all of the FCS to kind of get a barometer, Craig, of what you're, what you're asking about uh, and how and why they're 0-20 in the FCS uh, playoffs. You know, that's something that uh, every, every football coach is gonna ask themselves, uh, to figure out how, how do we win these things? We gotta, we gotta get it moving. And uh, it'll happen. There, there will be there will be a team that will somehow, some way, get into the FCS playoffs and and win a game or two or three or, or make their way all the way to the championship game. You never know, but you know, it all depends on on what they have on a given on a given season. But right now, there's not enough body of work amongst the HBCU schools and the, the rest of the FCS to really get a true identity on this. And where does uh, where does Florida A and M now fit in the national picture? I think they're squarely in the top ten somewhere uh, of this because uh, you know they're going to they're going to be uh, voted on here at the end of the season with our final poll. So I do think they'll 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 be in that top ten conversation, probably in the five six seven number. But this is all conjecture because they haven't played any of the top level teams from. Uh, the, the different the, the major the conferences out there the big sky and 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 the rest you know, you're not gonna you have you don't have that that body of work that we can look at from some of the teams that we're talking about with South Dakota State and uh, and and competition like that uh, going into a big game so we'll see uh, how this all full, uh, unfolds at the end of the season with our final poll. Well, I think I, I think you nailed it with Willie Simmons, you know Rattlers team. I think. I think they'll be, you know, in that six to nine range in, in the final top 25 poll uh, a day after the national championship game. You, you're right. You need a, more of a body of a work. I mean, the SWAC teams do play Southland teams and, you know, other schools. Uh, the MEAC plays a lot of, uh, you know, NEC, CAA teams. Uh, this year, um, North Carolina Central, which had not led large bid to the playoffs, they actually went three and zero against CAA teams in the regular season, even though they lost to Richmond, uh, a CAA team in the playoffs. So, you know, they're they're fun. It's a fun brand of football, and, and you know, the MIAC has done a little bit better in the playoffs. They have six all-time wins. Uh, so I I do love you know to watch their games, and, and Florida A and M certainly is the best HBCU team this season. Now, Gary, one more thing I want to talk about today is, is our Stats Perform FCS All-American and, and freshman teams presented by FedEx Ground. They, they came out this week. Whew, a lot of outstanding players, uh, 109 players on the All-America, first, second, and third teams representing 57 schools. The freshman team had 20, or excuse me, 33 players, 32 schools were represented. 
A lot of talent out there, coast to coast, Gary. Yeah, 128 universities in the FCS. And, you know, we're representing 57 of those. So almost half of, of uh, the FCS universities have a uh, FCS All-American. And that's congratulations to every single one of those players. Wherever you're at in that in that hierarchy, you know, that is a, a great accolade to be able to have something that you are one of 12,000 FCS players that play in the college football ranks, in the FCS college football ranks, and you are on an uh, All-American team. So congratulations to uh, all of the FCS players that make any any of these All-American teams. And, and Craig, it's, it's uh, kind of unique that uh, uh, I think this is kind of where you see some of the cream that rises to the top here. You know, five selections each of, of this are from South Dakota State, North Dakota State, Albany, and Holy Cross. So five players from each of those teams, and then four uh, All-Americans from Montana State, UT Martin, and Weber State. So pretty good, pretty good uh, subsection there of teams that, you know, we know a lot about, and they have been uh, very strong throughout the regular season and now into the postseason. And I think that that is uh, kind of indicative of what you would expect for teams to move forward, especially in the postseason with, uh, with some of these selections. Even Montana, they had three selections. They had uh, Eli Gilman on, on the freshman team as a fourth one. Yeah, you're right. The power programs do rise at the top when it comes to season-ending All-America teams. Just, just you know, terrific all around. Uh, we're going to see a lot of these players in Frisco in the game at our FCS National Awards Banquet, of course, which you're going to host, uh, and it'll be on Valley Sports. Looking forward to it, Gary. Now, Gary, next week, holiday week, we have a special episode. You mentioned that going into the NFL, you, you, it's a, it's all about your toolbox, and you you were ready to kick uh, what you did in a preseason game, as as we saw a video earlier this week. Next week, a uh, special guest for our holiday week, uh, Josh Buchanan. He's a longtime NFL draft evaluator of the FCS level. He's kind of the go-to expert when it comes to the FCS level and, and who's moving on to the NFL. There's usually over 200 players a year on NFL rosters and practice squads. I'm looking forward to talking to Josh, and, and you'll know a little bit more than I will because of your background in the NFL, Gary. Well, Josh is going to give us a little perspective on what it takes uh, to get to the NFL and, you know, the odds. Uh, not easy, not again, not not at all easy for any FCS player, but there certainly is opportunity to make it. And uh, I've lived that dream. I've lived that lifestyle and uh, it is real. And so really almost one out of five players at the at the uh, uh, NFL level come from the FCS ranks. So that's that's a general number, but it goes up and down. But um, that's kind of how I look at it. So if you play at the FCS level, don't worry. If, you, if you're good enough, they're going to find you. And we'll talk to Josh and we'll figure out uh, what those mechanics look like. Well, Gary, that brings an, uh, an end to this week's episode of FCS Delivered. We want to thank FedEx Ground, Stats Perform. You can see all our coverage on, on theanalyst.com. Of course, our producers are, are Seth Biley and Graham Bell. They make it all happen here week to week on FCS Delivered. Gary, I wish you a happy holiday week and, and get a little uh, rest ahead before the national championship game comes to town. Gary, happy holidays. Thank you, everybody, for joining in to FCS Delivered.
when someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes. Oh no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx, and with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next, for residential delivery only. Do you like what you're hearing on FCS Delivered today? For more national FCS coverage, please go to theanalyst.com throughout the week. We're the home for the FCS Top 25 Media Poll and the weekly and season-ending FCS National Awards presented by FedEx Ground. We also take you across FCS Nation with stories, predictions, and an inside look. The FCS coverage can be found at theanalyst.com.